Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piskor. Going to look at a very interesting book today, Ed, Alejandro Jodorowsky's Panic Fables. Um, many of our viewers, I'm sure, are familiar with Jodorowsky as filmmaker and as comics writer. These are comics that he's writing, drawing, and coloring, and quite a few of them, 284 of them in all. So it's going to be fun to go through this book and uh, show off some, some a different side of this uh, storyteller. But before we do, speaking of storytellers, we are both making comics and uh, your latest Red Room Trigger Warnings pushed back to February release due to paper shortages. But I uh, want to draw everybody's attention to this because it could be the rarest of Red Room comics due to this kind of uh, weird ordering structure. So let's make this a sellout on day one, Kayfabers. And uh, this is the cover to look for, the main cover for Red Room Trigger Warnings whenever it comes out. This is an Ed Piscor variant, a Peach Momoko variant and my homage to Robert Crumb's Zap Comics variant. So these will be hitting comic book shops in two months. Uh, a little bit behind schedule, but will still be there. And uh, the book itself, this is not a cartoonist problem, right? You are ahead of schedule now. So uh, look for these in February. And until then, look for the Red Room Anti-Social Network trade paperback available wherever books are sold. Perfect for the horror fan in your life for this upcoming uh, gift-giving season. Find out at your local comic shop, bookstore, or online. You can also find my latest books wherever comics are sold, like Plain Jane's, the story of a bunch of high school students led by uh, an art student who gets bored with the suburbs and they start making public art to uh, liven up their, their boring lives. Leads to all kinds of trouble with students, parents, and local law enforcement. This is kind of my shoujo manga. And uh, 500 pages of their adventures making art, perfect for any age reader in your life. And again, perfect for this upcoming holiday season. Get that wherever you find your books. But the reason we're here today is to talk about Jodorowsky's first foray into making comics. And uh, this comes from, he gets kind of blacklisted. He's doing theater and he's teaching in Mexico, uh, teaching mimes uh, in school. And one of his famous students, Sergio Aragones, uh, so it all does come back to comics, Ed. The ultimate skill, if you're going to do characters and you want to kind of like have those animated characters on pages, imagine studying miming as, as your source. This is fantastic. Um, in the Jodorowsky Dune documentary, he talked about being blacklisted, being prevented from making films, being prevented from teaching. And he, and he was like, oh, so, so I figured I'll just make comics. And I think they might have flashed a couple of images of uh, Panic Fables. But when he's like, I'll just make comics, like... I was thinking about his collaborations with Mobius and stuff, but now nah, that stuff comes later, and and these are these are the comics that that he's making, and they're super rigorous. Now, my relationship to Jodorowsky, like I I got a little bit too much Pittsburgh blood in me, and I just can't put up with too much bullshit. And when you talk, start talking spiritual and all this kind of mysticism, later for that you could you could go take a walk. So. I appreciate the craft, like the beauty of these pages and stuff, but as a reading experience, it's kind of like whatever. They're really interesting to me, as you say, with the craft, because we know Jodorowsky's super creative and inventive yeah. and thoughtful, and you get to see it as like a guy who, you know, I think he's a little self-conscious of his drawing, like there's, there's an intro by him for this book, and these ran, I should say, uh, 67 to 73 as like my impression is like an alt weekly. Yeah. So you'd get like a page of this on the back page of this of this one newspaper, um, but you see his inventiveness. You know, like he's doing all kinds of stuff. There'll be collage elements that are introduced. He's coloring them himself. So anytime you see like oh some black and white drawing or textures being applied, like these are all coming from Jordarowski. Like there's the majority of what you see here is him being creative and and creating these pages 
virtually everything we see. I think the lettering is something that's added, uh, redone for this edition. It is. But otherwise, I mean, this is a guy that's really going for it, you know, and early on, 67, you know, comics haven't really been uh, explored that fully, I don't think. So it's just a creative artist that this is his outlet. Once he gets black blacklisted and he can't produce plays, can't teach, puts a lot of energy into these things. Marcel Morso comes to town, uh, <laughs> captures, captures Mexico City by storm, and he becomes a teacher of, of mime the next day. <laughs> uh, 67, Zap Comics is out. The underground comics movement is doing its thing. Uh, Ripoff Press is in Texas. Maybe some of that trickled down, down past the border a little bit. Uh, the new creative thing to do with comics is to kind of go all out, get psychedelic. So Jodorowsky is going to do that. Yeah, um, I think of even like uh, surrealism and stuff, you know, not just comics, but like looking at different art forms that, I mean, that he's bringing some of this, this stuff This feels Warhol-ish, like pop, pop art. Yeah, in the 60s, that, that would make perfect time, uh, timing-wise, that would make perfect sense. There's your collage stuff, man. Exactly. And you see him playing with simple shapes, right? A sphere and a cube are having a conversation. And a lot of these characters will come, will recur. Check this out, Jimmy. He's using those, uh, those public domain border <laughs> gimmicks. He's doing a lot of that stuff, you know, like, I don't know what this background is from, but it feels like he's sampling these things from who knows what sources, you know, and even how he does this, because I don't think you're going to run down to the local copy shop in 1967 and, you know, <laughs> photocopy some uh, some random piece. So it's literally cutting things up to art. create these these collages like clip art was just that you get the, those magazines or whatever. And then you you cut out the pieces that you use. And you can see, you know, God, uh, these are, uh, they, they call them like initiatory, initiatory tales is something that I came across a bunch. And yeah, see, so you tell me that shit and, and it's, I can't it, even tell you what it means. I looked that word up and couldn't quite figure that out. Cause it's, cause it's all bullshit baffles brains. The stuff that you do in the fine arts world to divest super rich people of their money. Uh, so you, 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 you talk that shit, man. And then you take their money away from them and get to live a nice life and stuff. I like that. He colors the word balloons. Yeah. You know, like that's a non-cartoonist coming to the page and just doing like, Oh, this will look good. I mean, and the color is fascinating. Like, is it washes or something? Yeah. I was wondering that too. And I have no information on that. Uh, it that might've been just guides. And then the printer would have to like figure out that previous page looked like paper red. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of inventiveness in here. And as we said, like going for it, you know, you, you use the word rigorous and you see it, you know, there's like how, how many 15, 16 panels on some of these pages, like really kind of putting himself in there. And I would assume newspaper comics and Sunday comics, stuff like that would have been an influence because what else are you doing? But here's again, this inventiveness, right? Like these piles of letters that he's playing with. It's almost like what materials are there? How can I make a comic about it? Totally, man. And the, and the color, like, I mean, it screams like Guy Peel art. Yes. Uh, in a lot of ways, man, a very, very poppy, bombastic, sizzle your eyeballs color. Like use, use every color. It does make me wonder like what he was seeing. Like yeah. would he have been getting some European graphic novel? You know, that's the early days of European graphic novels, you know? Um, Guy Pillar, I think, is published in this time period, like between 67 and 72. So is he seeing that stuff and, you know, more ideas to put on his pages? I have no idea. He's uh, got good eyes. Like, like at the very least, like a lot of his work, like, once again, I appreciate that he exists and that he does does things, but it doesn't speak to me. Good. But when you see Jodorowsky's Dune, he's got good eyes. I'm going to make a movie. And H.R. Giger's going to work on it, and Dan O'Bannon's going to work on it, and Mobius is going to work on it. 
so he knows what the good stuff is, man. Uh, it's just like when it goes through his filter and stuff where it's just like, yeah, okay. I like these you. pages that show off some of his drawing. Because some of this stuff will be very simple as we keep flipping. But every now and then you'll see him like, that's all drawing, you know? I mean, these aren't clip art monsters yeah. that he's putting down on the page. So that's kind of cool. And then when I start to see this kind of stuff, now I start thinking about like, was this an influence on like Matt Groening? That's interesting. With Life in Hell strips. I was going to say, is he looking at like some of these picture book artists, you know, and, and, and sort of like folding that influence into his work? It's possible. I mean, that's the weird thing with influences, right? Like who knows what you're even getting access to in the 60s and 70s. It's not like now whenever you see Jordorowski and you can just look it up on Google right. and see everything he's ever done. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what the comic scene would have been like in Mexico in the 60s, what he could get access to. And then also, this stuff is not, uh, this is the first reprinting of this. Mm -hmm. um, pieces of it had been reprinted, although like the intro again talks about it. And there was a publisher that reprinted like 40 of these things. And supposedly the publisher didn't know that they did it. Like, you know, somebody that worked for the publisher did it under the umbrella. It was a massive publisher. Um, but it was this thing that was like, Jodorowsky's controversial. You know, it was almost done like under the radar, this this collection. So these have been pretty rare in print. And it's it's amazing we live in a time where like this stuff gets produced. Yeah. Um, the fable part of it, like some of these stories I went through, I've, I've read almost this entire book. And uh, some of it is just new age kind of guru stuff. And then other parts are almost like, uh, uh, you know, like Jesus kind of, you know, parable type stories, like about a bee who doesn't want to share his honey and eventually getting like infected because it eats the honey and doesn't put it, you know, doesn't have to throw it up or whatever they do with it and uh, eventually gets sick and explodes. And it's like rancid honey that was uh, inside of the bee. So cautionary tales of some sort you know don't don't hoard maybe Jodorowsky is like I think he is like a um like a carny guy like like uh, wrestlers or something it seems like he's he's always got an angle to work it reminds me a little bit of like Orson Welles like I'm an Orson Welles fan and when he talks about his own story it's unbelievable Orson Welles I mean but Jodorowsky is that same kind of thing like these guys that are exceptional storytellers when they apply that to themselves of course they're like legendary giants uh you know they can't help themselves it's like they're storytelling all the time and jodorowsky's doing i i would cut my arm off to make a movie i would <laughs> sacrifice my son to make a movie and then his son comes in and it's like yeah my dad maybe go through ninja school <laughs> right and and maybe wake up and get beat up by a sensei also calls to mind like a terry gilliam or something you know if you look at some of his animations and some of his artwork it has this you know, like crude, naive, um, it's cartooning too, where it's like, it's just, it's a raw drawing so that you understand the idea of what I'm, you know, this guy that I'm drawing here, or, you know, this guy's a general or a corrupt general. It's almost like enough visual information for you to understand it. Not necessarily like I'm going to, I'm going to draw them and make them round and have form and muscle and stuff. Let's name names, dude. Uh, David Lynch had a, had a, oh, interesting. had a weekly comic strip in like, I think the LA reader, that weird dog comic for, for I think, years, man. Uh, so, like... That's these, right in line with this. These are artists, and this is just another medium that, that they're putting to use. Well, quite frankly, look at it. Pull out your newspaper and look at the collection of daily strips. You know, like, those things are totally, at this point, almost just talking heads. But they're also... You know, like, this is beyond that level of drawing for a it lot is, of that yeah. stuff. 
you know, so it's, it's, it's interesting to frame it in all these ways because you can go the other way and say, look at his collaboration with, with Mobius. And right. then you're like, well, let's, let's go look at Mobius. Aren't they? <laughs> um, you know, but there, there is that platform, like comics have such a wide spectrum in terms of what the drawing quality or craft is. And, uh, this falls in line with, I think a lot of, you know, underground comics, you could, you could probably put this right into an underground comic and it would, you know, it's not crumb. But it's also whatever the the worst example of underground comics are. It's above that. You know what this this right here. I, like I was on board. Like it, it's interesting the choice of lettering for the English version. This is a page I actually would like to see in in the original Spanish because you like this is Photoshop shit. It, it's almost all the letterer doing the work. But like let me see what Jodorowsky put put on the page to to make his comic happen there. Yeah, you're right. And you can find some. Yeah. When I first heard that he that he had done comics, I looked them up you yeah, know, before this book it. came out. And you can find some of the, I guess they're scans or photos of the original you know, printed pages and stuff. But as a book, it's pretty interesting because you do see the range that he's bringing from these like one, you know, one full image to 12, 15, you know, interesting layouts on pages and stuff. And even like formal elements yeah. right like they're fighting over word balloons and breath and things that are represented by language of comics right the guy's floating along as if that word balloon's a hot air balloon wild yeah wild inventive stuff um again pretty fun that it exists and it's complete 284 strips which to me is also testament to a guy who is dedicated look at this for formal experimentation now we've got comics inside of the comic so a lot of different stuff. There's a sequence in here that is like 10 strips that he drew all at once because it was when he was going to do go shoot Holy Mountain and be away for two and a half months. So he did all his strips on one day. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of that kind of experimental, whatever he could think of, whatever he needed to do to get a strip done. You know, cartoonist. It's, it's a real cartooning kind of thing. Didn't Matt Groening do Life and Hell like into the 2000s? Like, I think... That sounds right. I think he uh, retired the strip like well you and i like absolutely like knew each other for like a decade yeah that sounds right so just these these creative guys like when you get an outlet you seize the outlet i love the coloring too how easy it would be to just make that flat flesh color all around the eyes and everything and instead he's got blues and oranges purples greens psychedelia man <laughs> it's good stuff so kind of a cool collection and uh you know again you can find this is not an obscure book no it's, it's been not. out for a couple of years i got it from copacetic comics but you know you can find it online uh, your good, good comic shop can order this book for you. So track it down if you're interested in uh, in the Inkle and uh, the, the one of the, the creative minds behind that one. It's been making a lot of headlines lately. Panic Fables might be your next book to uh, to give a shot. Let's get on with it, man. K-Favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Join me on Patreon.com slash JimRug, where you can download a dozen of my out-of-print zines and mini-comics. You can see a lot of my original art, scripts, layouts, the process that I make, the comics I make, at Patreon.com slash JimRug. Red Room, the anti-social network, in stores uh, today. These comics are going fast. If you see it, scoop it up, because uh, I can't take for granted that they're going to be in stores much along. Uh, Red Room, the uh, Red Room trigger warnings issue one coming out in February got pushed back about six weeks and uh, got underordered because of uh, the ransomware attacks over at uh, Diamond. So this is going to be a scarce issue number one for the first printing, and I want to see that that print run disappear on day one. Go to my link tree. Go to Jim's link tree in the description below this video. You can get to our Patreons. You can get to uh, places to pre-order and order these comics. What else do we have? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the link below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise like this homage to uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper's uh, old t-shirt. 
uh, available again in the links below this video. Jimmy, give them those marching orders, man. We're going to be on our way. Read more comics.